Hallelujah. 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 I remember we were praying for um, Ava's thumb to be able to fully bend and extend. I remember um, years ago, we were in our old building, and um, I'd take one of the kids down to, I think it was Jordan, to Ozkick. One of the dads down there was just loved the kick to kick beforehand with the kids. Whether the kids were there or not, he'd get out and do the kick to kick. So it was like with the dads, he'd go, let's kick the footy, let's kick the footy, let's kick the footy, yeah? And he's like, okay, we're going to muddy ground and we're kicking the footy and, you know. And one of the dads kicked the footy to me and he came over. And how many know when you're doing kick to kick with dads? It's just low level, all right? We're not, we're not. But he wasn't low level or anything. He was just like, football, you're back to market, I'm going to spoil. So spoil in AFL terms, we give it a big punch. So he came through and gave that ball a big punch. Like, ah! Trouble is, he's not an AFL-trained guy. And his punch caught me right on my finger. So the ball went flying, but it broke my finger. And he didn't even know. He's running off and I'm like, you idiot, you haven't even, don't even know. You, I felt it. And he's like, ah! And, you know, so anyway... X-rays and everything showed you yeah, the crack on the end. But there's something I discovered that with where it was damaged, um, you lose full mobility in that, that joint. So when it, it heals, so you stop the pain, but you can no longer bend fully. And, um, and so I'm believing that's not the case. I'm saying, well, Lord, I'm, 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 you know, so this, this hand can go all the way. This hand will be like this, you know, just like a hook sort of finger. I couldn't get it to come around. And I'm saying, oh, but I believe in Jesus' name, you can be healed. Anyway, we, I come back, and who, you know, how many know that the enemy can set up perfect situations? You know, he just says, I know what you, I'll, I'll trip you up. Because God has said, you know, what are you going to say about this finger? What are you going to say? Well, I'm going to say it can fully bend. It can fully do what the other finger. So my both fingers, my both hands do exactly the same thing. And that's my confession. That's what I believe. That's what I'm saying. And so I go back. And I'm with the dad, the two dads that we were kicking with, the dad who'd kicked the ball, not the one who'd punched, the other dad who kicked the ball. He was telling me, I had my finger broken once, and he said, look, and he's like, I can't straighten, I can't bend it. And he showed me, my finger, this was years ago, and he said, look, I can't bend my finger. I can't bend, he's putting it right in my face. Then the other dad's here, and I'm like saying, yeah, and because of you, I have the same thing. But, you know, the Lord's like, are you going to get in agreement with that guy? Are you going to become one of the dads that has fingers like that? And I've got my finger down here, and everything in me wants to show, show and tell, look what I've got, look what I've got, look what I can't do, and all I can do is bite my tongue and say, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting what you've got? Because I don't have one of those. But because... I think the Lord was just watching me very closely. <laughs> Who are you going to agree with? There was a perfect situation to get an agreement. And I remember for months, I would just say, I can do this. And I remember in the worship service, because that's what we'd do it in worship. I'd be lifting my hands and no one else would know. But I'd be saying, Lord, I can bend both things the same. I can bend both things the same. I can bend both things the same. And one day, I can bend both things the same. <laughs> I don't even remember exactly when it happened. I just suddenly went, oh, I can bend both things the same. I can bend both things the same. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love when God works. Hallelujah. So that dad down at the football, he's got a, he's got a story about how fingers can't bend. 
Can I have a finger how my God has restored my finger? And I can bend it. Hallelujah. Full restoration in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In fact, I think this one can bend even a little bit tighter than the other. It's, bent, it's better. A little bit better than even the, the, the other one. Thank you, Jesus. So we get in agreement with Ava. When we're praying for those, we declare in Jesus' name. They can bend and twist full. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Full mobility in Jesus' name. We see that. Lord, the same. Lord, you're the same healing God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to come around the communion table as part of this message that we will be sharing. Hallelujah. Amen. We get in agreement with some of the people online. Hallelujah. Peggy, strengthens me with strength in my bones and body. Amen. We get in agreement with Peggy in Jesus' name. Strengthen your bones. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 has a very... Uh, it's... Um, Two words that uh, 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 jump out at me when I'm reading through 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's one of my go-to passages, especially towards the end. Um, if you walked into this church, you would see that we've got a lot of big artwork. We've got a big picture of um, a city. Praise God, when, I, when we were first moving in here, I said, you know, I'd love to see a, a picture of a city. Just a big city. Because and, and, we, we want to keep the vision of why we're here. We're we're here to glorify God and we're to bring his life to the city. So we wanted, I wanted a picture of the city so that we're, we're, this is what we see. And something that God had dropped in my heart many years ago, a long time ago, he says we're, we're to be God's ambassadors, bringing his breakthrough love and power to the world. And I wanted that on there. I wanted us every time we walk in there to see that. And um, Caleb actually did the artwork. He did the awesome job of it and did it far better than I could imagine putting the words through the city and stuff. But also, it wasn't until I realized, oh, that's actually not just a city. That's Melbourne. And it's a vision out to the eastern side. So you can sort of, if you look closely, you can see me waving in the very back corner. All right? You have to look really carefully. Um, but there I am, one of the, you know, like Wally, hiding there amongst those buildings in the, at the background. But that's a joke, kids. You won't find me. <laughs> um, but praise God, it's, so it was even better than just a city. It was our city and our region. But over there are some words, and those words are very particular. They're not just, you know, click and find a meme to slot on there. We are God's ambassadors bringing his breakthrough love and power to the world. And um, we represent God, and we have a ministry to take what we have here out. We have, we, it's, our, it's, it's, our, it's our role. That, where does that come from? Well, that comes from this 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, from verse, let's read from verse 17. If any man is in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. How many are grateful for that truth? What an awesome foundational truth. I'm not the old man. I'm not the man that was... I'm not the man that came to Jesus. I've been born again, made new on the inside. I've 
taken off that my garments of my old way of living and I've put on a brand new way of living and I thank God for that. I am this new man. I am a new creature. Who else here is a new creature? <laughs> brand new creature. Hallelujah. Well, it says, what an amazing thing that this can happen, that, that we can that Jesus has come to make us into brand new creatures. But how does that happen? Um, uh, let's go back to verse 15 for a moment. It says, he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. He died for everybody. This, this, is, this is for everybody. But is everybody walking in the fullness of this? Is everyone walking as a new creature? Is everyone walking as a son of God? No. So what is the difference? What is the, what is, why not? And what's our responsibility in this? And the first thing is, my first responsibility is to make sure I embrace it myself. I take my faith, put it in Jesus and say, I believe that you've rescued me. I acknowledge that I was a sinner. I acknowledge I was lost and broken. And I embrace the work you have done for me. You have died on a cross for me. And you have rescued me. And therefore, through that, I am now a brand new creature, brand new nature. God has worked it in. This is not like the old covenant, which was written on stone and was something external. This is a new covenant that God says, I now write it on your heart. It comes in, it becomes part of me, and it becomes who I am. And and it changes me from the inside out. And I've got to cooperate with that. I've got to throw off the old lifestyles. I've got to renew my mind. Yes, I've got to do the things that I've got to do. But it, it's all based on the fact that he has done a work in me. So I say, praise God. That's the first step. I embrace it for myself. But then it says, now all these things, verse 18, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry the ministry of reconciliation. How many here would like to be called to the ministry? You just have been. You've been given a ministry, a purpose, a calling. You've, you're part, you've got a ministry. You say, oh, no, no, you've pastor, you've got a ministry because you've got a title pastor. No, no, that just gives me the title to shepherd. That's not my ministry. This is my ministry here, the same as your ministry. We've all been given this ministry. This is our ministry. You say, oh, can I create a... a, a, a a ministry name and a logo and a website and business cards. Yes, you can do all those things. I don't care what you do. You can put it up on street signs and neon lights, whatever you do, as long as you do it. All right, just get excited about this as your ministry and then actually do it. He has given us what, what is our ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. And you're like, how can I have a ministry? I don't even really understand what it is. It says, verse 19, namely, in other words, I'll explain it to you, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We become the voice of God in our community, in our, in our street, in our workplace, in our family. And what is our message? It's reconciliation. But this is the most amazing message is that God has already reconciled us to himself. 
He's already done the work. This is not... <laughs> Praise God. Just imagine how it would be if you went to your neighbor and you said, oh, you know, would you like to get saved? Would you like to become a follower of Jesus? Would you like to turn your life from your, your old ways and become brand new in him, go from the kingdom of darkness into the, the realm of his great light where we're not, no longer under the, the old way and this world's way and the devil's domain, but we are now under Jesus and his kingdom? You say, that's awesome. You say, that's amazing. Let's go and see if you're allowed in. Let's go and see if your name was... was up there and, 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 you know, if God's got this big list and let's see if your name's on the list. Let's see if he will forgive you. Can you imagine how different that story is? Let's go and see if you just happen to be one of the ones that he's chosen. Let's go and see if you happen to be one of the ones that gets through. Wow, it would change everything. But we don't have to do that. It says it's given, we've given, been given the ministry of reconciliation, which is that God has reconciled God has done the work through Jesus, and all we've got to do is get them to unlock it through their faith, and they're in. I'm not going to, and I'm not going to say, let's see if, and we don't even, let's see if God will go and deal with your sin. Let's see if God will go and figure, no, it's already paid for. You just need to sign here and enter in. It's already paid for. It's already purchased. Jesus has become the propitiation, which is a fancy English word, not even Greek, a fancy English word, which means he has totally satisfied the anger and wrath of God against our sin. And he has absorbed all that, dealt with it, and God said, I'm all good with you. How good is that? He didn't even say, yeah, Jesus has started it, but I'm still a little bit angry. He started the work, but... Man, your sin's pretty big. I've got to finish it off by chopping you off down size a little bit. No, he says, I've put all my anger at your sin into Jesus. He's, he's taken it all. He became my sin. In fact, it says in verse 21, He made him who knew no... Um, he made, for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering of our sin, or actually literally to be our sin itself, so that we would be made right with God through Christ. We would be, he's already done it. Jesus has done that. But he's given us a mission. He's given us a purpose. He's given us a ministry. Our job is to let people know that they are reconciled so they can enter into it. Because without that, without that offer, people can't. You say, really, is, is that needed? Well, remember in, in Romans chapter 10, it says, you know, everyone who, uh, verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's exciting. Verse 11, for the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. How good is that? That's the promise that says, if you enter in, you're not going to find you're not on the list. <laughs> you're not going to... You, you, might have not, you might have taken that a little bit for granted, the fact that, well, it was just so easy I got in. But imagine if that wasn't automatic. Thank God he's done it all. It's not like I'm not... I don't even have to wait till I die to stand before heaven to find out whether I'm in. Wow. I, I'm not even... I'm not, I don't have to wait to find out whether it was all worthwhile. I know. It's called my, the assurance of salvation. The fact that I can be confident... 
I don't want to take the assurance of salvation for granted. It's an awesome thing. The alternative would be just so hard. But there are people living like that right now because they think if I do enough good works, I'll get to heaven. And they're waiting. They're waiting to die to find out whether they're good enough. That's, that's not the right approach. It will never be the right approach. And you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. We need to come in through what Jesus has already provided. And so whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Oh, for there is no distinction between Jews and Greek now. This is not even a Jewish thing now. It's for everybody. For the same Lord is the Lord of everyone, abounding in riches for all, for all. But that's not the full stop. It's for all who call on him, on everyone who will actually call on him. Remember, we just said, if you confess with your mouth, if you believe, for those who call, for whoever, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you, God, for the will be. Not maybe or could be or hopefully will be or might be. or. But it says, how then shall they call upon him? Let me just actually read it with you. So, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? The ministry of reconciliation is to make to bridge that gap. That's our ministry, to bridge the gap. Hey, you're already saved, but you won't be saved unless you activate it through your faith. You won't be saved unless you call upon him. How can they call upon him unless they know about it? And how will they know unless we're there to tell them? So we have a mission. We have a mission. And so, but he doesn't just send us out and say, well, just do, what, do your best. He empowers us and enables us with that mission. That's what Acts 1 is all about. He says, I'll give you the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. Under the anointing and power, there's an enablement. But there's also a power he gives us. And this is something very close to my heart. And it's that we have been given a message of his reconciliation and to go and bring it to people. But there's something that God has particularly put on the hearts of our assembly, of our people, of us as a church. You know what I mean? Because I know there is the church, the church of the living God, and it's worldwide. Um, in fact, if you look in the, your, the statement of faith, I think the Westminster say, it says, I believe in one Catholic church or something like that. And everyone, oh, I'm a Protestant. Um, Catholic actually just means universal. And I believe in the Catholic church. Take that and edit it and do what you want with it. Um, Stand by, bang, I'm gone. If I was on shaky ground, I've just stepped into the dinner size. No, I believe, I believe in the universal church, the church. We are part of the church. But then in the book of Revelation, Jesus sent a message to speak to the messengers of each of seven particular churches. He spoke to each of them. He said, there's a message for each church here. And he called it the messenger, the angelos, the, the messenger. Um, I agree with Rick Renner. I don't know whether he agrees with me, but I agree with him. <laughs> Great student of the, the original languages and stuff like that. He says he believes those, those original messengers, it's talking about the pastors, the leaders, those who are, who are responsible for the message over that church. Some people say it's an, the angel, but it's, it's more likely in my eyes, in his eyes, the, the actual pastor. But each pastor, each 
of the, the, those responsible for seven local churches was given a separate and special message to that local church. And there was a, a message given to each one about what their purpose was and how they were going and what they were doing. And I believe God has breathed on us a mission which fits in with the universal mission of the all churches, and we can find it in Scripture. But He's actually breathed on us and given us a very particular calling and a very particular mission. And He said it is to bring the breakthrough, love of God and power to the world. When we did that, you might just think that's just worded nicely, but it's actually worded very particularly. If I had said we are to bring the breakthrough power and love to the world, and just think about it, you probably never, I don't, put up your hand if you've ever thought about the fact that I put power and love in a particular order. Probably nobody, because I'm the only one who knew about it. If, if I had said take his breakthrough power and love to the world, people would see breakthrough power and love. But it's actually breakthrough power and love. Our love is as much part of the breakthrough as is the power. It's not just the power, it's ability to love people in a breakthrough way that breaks them out of what they're going through. We are given breakthrough power and we are given breakthrough love to take the message. In fact, this was so, such a, a part of our heart, we, we, we changed our name of the church to Breakthrough. This was in recognition of the calling and purpose of our church to be a church that brings breakthrough. In fact, we've had prophetic words over us and Brother Jerry Seville prophesied and said, you're not just to be called breakthrough, but it's to be breakthrough by nature. You don't just have it as a tag, you actually to live it out. We are a people that are to bring the breakthrough message that delivers them and rescues them and it's the ministry of reconciliation bringing them into the, what God has done for them. And um, so he's, he's given us this name and given us this authority and given us this blessing to be a, a people that bring breakthrough. Hallelujah. Oh. Um, last week, Chris was sharing about prophetic words that we'd received and, um, and she was talking about a prophetic word by Pastor Tracy Harris. And um, so I had that on a special prayer um, training program, it was, it was, but it wasn't, applicable, it wasn't accessible to everybody in the church easily. So I'm trying to get it put into a web page so people could get access to it. And um, so we did that very quickly. But during the week, I went back and fixed up that page and added a lot of other prophetic words and things that are on there. And so you can find it on our webpage on breakthrough.org.au slash prayer resources. And so it's a resource for our prayer praying people. And so there's a prophetic word of Pastor George Pearson's as well as the Pastor Tracy Harris. There's also the audio now, not just the written, but I've actually got, so you can click and listen to them actually sharing. Pastor Tracy is a bit harder because it was like, they were doing it in the middle of a coffee shop. It's noisy. It's about two or three recordings. All tr- just, just give them some grace. They were, they were doing their best. But past, Pastor George's was better because it was in the middle of him preaching. So we were able to, at our church many years ago, we were able to um, put that down. But in doing that, I was looking and getting, and I found that we had a whole lot of other prophetic words that had been clipped and prepared. And 
I don't know who did it. Maybe I did it and forgotten or someone else. If someone else has done that, thank you. <laughs> because it was actually, and it was prophetic words for individual people. And I might even let you know that, hey, there's a copy there that we've got. But I found that when Pastor um, uh, Jesse DePlantis, Brother Jesse DePlantis was here a couple of years ago. And he was on this platform and he was praying for us and praying for the building here. He spoke over us and that clip was there. Madeline, our Mexican daughter, who's not from Mexico, but anyway. Um, Madeline, thank you, Madeline, for having done that because I was like, oh, gold, I can put these in as well. So if you go on that website, there's, um, there's some other words of encouragement from other ministers and the things, but there's two prophetic words, or it's like a prophetic prayer, and then he prayed over our building. And, and, the, and I like to... I'd like to play you know, just about a minute of that, the middle of his prayer for us over the building. So it's not the whole thing, but if you guys can just play this now. This is Jesse DePlantis here a couple of years ago. Lord, I ask you to bless this place. Let it be known as a place of breakthrough. If people come through here and they're having a bad marriage, they'll break through to a good one. If they're having financial trouble, they'll break through through a blessing. If they're physically sick, they'll break through through a healing. Lord, if their family is going to hell, they'll break through to a family being saved. Like that young girl said, I want my friends saved. Lord, we'll let our friends get in this church and see what will happen. Lord, I decree and declare this place holy before you. That pulpit that when pastor preaches, when they sing on this platform, that the anointing of God will come off this thing like a tsunami and touch people of all nationality, color, and creed. People will always feel welcome. And feel at home when they come. Even the visitors, Lord. Lord, I decree and declare. Now, Lord, let them have more money. Amen. Well, you can hear the rest if you go. (laughs) Hallelujah. But breakthrough. He spoke about breakthrough. People coming into breakthrough. People coming into breakthrough. I want those who um, can just open up the the communion table here. Um, Yeah, just open it up. What we'll do is we'll give you um, an opportunity. There's enough people here. We can just... Um, well, we, we can serve. Let me say But what we're going to do is give you the opportunity to join with us in the communion. If you're not familiar with this, I can explain it in a minute. But there's no pressure. Don't, you don't feel any any compulsion. But we're giving you the opportunity. To take a bit of biscuit, which represents the broken. Hey, Breakthrough Family, we'll be sending back to brother uh, to to Pastor Peter in one second. I just want to encourage you, we're about to do communion here in the building. I don't know what your Tobay live stream hosts beforehand, but we encourage you to join in with us. Right now, why don't you go grab something in your kitchen, just grab some juice, you can grab some cordial, you can even grab some water, some fizzy drink. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. It's just something that can represent the uh, the blood of blood of God to you. We'll talk a bit more about what it means. And let's go grab a biscuit, some sort of cracker you can grab tear off a piece of bread, bit of a loaf, whatever it might be. Why don't you go, go into your kitchen, grab that now, come back, and why don't you partake in communion with us today? Oh, Jesus. And, um, but what I want you to see is not just, oh, he was broken, he shed blood, but that was, that was the gateway, that was the breaking of, that was the breaking down of everything needed, the barriers between me and God. My sin was a barrier. My rebellion was a barrier. 
I had come under the devil's domain in the kingdom of darkness. It was a barrier, and he has broken that down. So it's a, it's a representation of breakthrough that has happened to me. But I also want you to see it as a representative of the fact that Jesus is the master of bringing breakthroughs. He's a breakthrough bringing God. Not just breakthrough my sin, but breakthrough, that's what he does. That's what he's able to do. He breaks through. Thank you. We get this, um, we get the phrase master of breakthroughs, the Lord of the breakthrough. And I think I referred to it two weeks ago in my sermon. You can go online to look at that. Um, that when David was going into battle, against the Philistines who had risen up against him. And he got a great victory over them. He called the name of that place Baal Perizim because it was the place of breakthrough. So what does, why did he call that place Baal Perizim? Because Baal Perizim means that the Lord of the breakthrough. Because he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies like the, the bursting forth of a dam. We've just smashed right through them. But he gave him the name, he gave that place the name Baal Perizim. Now, that's made up of two parts, Baal and Perizim. Wow, you've learned something very simple. Um, Baal is, is the Hebrew word for Baal, or people often call it Baal, but it's, you know, it's more Baal, that's how I pronounce it, so that's how it will be. Um, my understanding, Baal, um, is the word for Lord, for Master. In fact, there was a a Philistine god called simply Baal, which I meant that is called him Lord. So isn't it weird to call your God Lord? He is Lord. He's, oh, we do it to our Jesus, so that's all right. It's just a, it's just a, it's a generic, 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 generic title, Lord, which was for a particular god. All right? And so Baal was a, a god that they, they served. In fact, there's a reference, um, I won't go to it, Second Kings, where they refer to Baal having a particular name in one region, and, and one of the kings of Israel said, I want you to go and find out whether I'm going to get better or not. Go and talk um, to, um, I keep thinking Baal Perizim, that's the Lord of the, um, Baal Zebub. Anyone heard of Baal Zebub? Or Baal Zebub, Baal Lord Zebub. Not Baal per Perizim, another Baal, another reference to Baal, another Lord. And in the New Testament, Baal-zebub was a name for Satan. Guess what Baal-zebub is? Like we got, not, don't want to boast, but we got master of breakthroughs. What do they get? Lord of the flies. <laughs> I think you got the dud end of the stick there, buddy. Um... um Lord of the Flies. Not, they're not, still not quite sure why he was called Lord of the Flies. You know, it was, um, there's some thought that it was cha actually changed. It was meant to be Lord of the Masters, and they just changed the letters because it just doesn't make too much sense, Lord of the Flies. But, you know, um, my actually thought is that you know, flies and death go hand in hand, and it's almost like the Lord of the Death, controlling death, controlling, you know, that sort of area. Anyway, that's my, and I'm no expert. But it's not a good thing. Lord of the Flies, bad. Lord of the Breakthrough, is good. But Baal 
it can be used in a lot of other senses. Um, you can put Baal with the word for appetite. It means someone who's a glutton. Baal appetite. It's in the book of Proverbs. If you have a Baal appetite, you have a problem with gluttony. <laughs> you just you don't just like food. It masters you. <laughs> it's all over. But it also it so it, it connects with something you have intensely and it puts it together. A bird is, and I'll just use the English, is Baal and wing. So a reference to a bird in Proverbs is a Baal wing. Uh, he, he's a master, has, he has wings. He, he owns wings. He, he contains wings. He's the master with, of wings. Baal wings. He has wings. He possesses wings. He's the owner of wings. He's just, yeah, understand. Now, what, why I'm saying this is, Okay, just as a bird has wings, and you know, really without wings, it's not a bird, is it? You know, what do you call a fly without wings? A walk. <laughs> All right? Um, you, take, you take the wings off a bird, and, you know, it's not a bird. It's, the wings define it. The wings are what make it a bird. Perizim is not something that sort of, it, it's who God is. He, he, he has it. It's who he is. He's the master who owns it, possesses it. He's Baal Perizim. It's breakthrough is what he is and what he does. It's his nature. It's his ability. When I was lost in my sin, and, and when Adam, through his rebellion, had passed it all the way down to me, and then I had shared in the rebellion, and I'm broken and I'm lost, who could have come up with a plan to get me back? Only God could work out such a, an amazing plan. It involved sending his own son to come, to live on the earth, to become a sacrifice for me, to be raised from the dead. He had it all worked out. What a master of breakthroughs he is. He knew how to do it. You can see it all through the Bible when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. How do we get them out? And it says he led them into what looked like a dead end. And Pharaoh rubbed his hands together, it says, and, and says, <laughs> Idiots have gone into a dead end. Easy pickings. Right up to a sea that was closed in front of them. But Psalm says God could see the path in the, in the waters that they couldn't see. He could see a path through because he's Baal Perizim. He's the master of breaking through. He, you just look at how many times, you know, how could he turn situations around? How could he get Daniel in a situation he was like a, a, an advisor to the king and everything's going great, but he ends up in a pit with lions. Baal Perazim. Baal Perazim. The, children, the Israelites are going to be killed and there's a, a decree. The king cannot reverse the decree. It's going through. It's a Persian decree. It's all in place. How could he do it? Well, he has someone in the palace for such a time as this. And Baal Perizim works it out that it turns totally around and the Jews are not only saved, in, they, 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 they increase in their, their importance in that place. And Baal Perizim wakes the king up in the middle of the night and says, he can't sleep, I can't sleep. He says, I might as, well, might as well do some reading, get me something from the library. They bring this old scroll and he's reminded of something. Baal Perizim! How could he work that? 
He's the master of it. What you're holding in your hands is our declaration that he's the master of breakthroughs. Not just for my life, but I've been given a mission to go. And it's like, Lord, how am I going to get this to work? How am I going to get them to get you know, free? How am I going to go? He says, well, I'm the master of breakthroughs. I'm the master of breaking through. I can do it. I can do this. I can do this. So we're not just eating, celebrating what he has done for us. We're eating that the master of breakthroughs is a way through for them. The master of breakthroughs is a way through. But what's our role? How will they turn? How will they call upon him unless they hear? And how will they hear unless someone is, goes? And how will someone go unless they're sent? Well, guess what? We've been sent. That's our role. But don't just go. Go with the master of breakthroughs. The Lord of breakthroughs. So we are God's ambassadors. See, we represent him with his authority and power. We are God's ambassadors bringing his breakthrough love and power to the world. That's our mission. That's who we are. That's what we do. And we get in agreement with Brother Jesse DePlantis when he said this place will have breakthroughs here. Breakthroughs relationally. Breakthroughs physically. Breakthroughs financially. Breakthroughs in salvation. Can you get in agreement with that? Can you say amen to that? Can you say amen over your life, over your family, over your group of people that you're influencing? the people that are in your sphere of influence, the people that are in your community. Hallelujah. You say, Lord, I'm bringing the breakthrough, love, and power of God to these people in Jesus' name. That is my mission and that is my calling in Jesus' name. Now, as an act of, I agree. I love what Jay said earlier when he was doing the offering. Let's just throw some dirt in the devil's face. And Actually, in... in in Corinthians, oh, let's see if I can get to call this up. It says, talking about this very thing that we're doing, taking the Lord's broken body and shed blood, the symbols of it, eating and drinking. It says, as often as you eat and drink, this is First Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You are making a statement. You are making a statement with this. You say, I believe my God is Baal Perazim. Hallelujah. You almost sound a bit southern when you go Baal Perazim. It's not very Hebrew at all, but it'll work. Baal Perazim. I am him. Hallelujah. He is working in me. I am his ambassador. I am his ambassador. Reckon that's actually what the, the word is in Second Corinthians. Remember, it says you, we are his ambassadors. I am his ambassadors bringing this ministry of reconciliation, this message of reconciliation with his breakthrough power and ability into what I do. So if you would like to join me in eating and drinking, I would like you to do it and make a statement. I believe in Baal Perazim. He has worked in me and he is working through me and I am his minister to bring it to those around me 
Why don't you eat and drink together with me in Jesus' name? our God. When you've eaten and drunk, just why don't you give him thanks? Just out of your own voice. Like, hallelujah. No one can give him thanks quite like you can give him thanks. No one can declare over you, your life like you can. So why don't you just lift up your voice? Just you do it quietly. You can do it loud. I don't care, but just do it. Just speak over you, your life. Declare the master of breakthroughs is working in your life. Hallelujah. The master of breaking through. The Lord of breaking through. Oh, he has breakthroughs. It's what is part of who he is. He brings it with authority and power. And like I said, he worked so strongly in David's life, David named that place Baal Perazim. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is your house. Then you can go to your home and say, this is a Baal Perazim place in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We put the name of Baal Perazim over this. Every situation you face, well, I just speak breakthrough to it in Jesus' name. How can you do it? As his ambassador, speaking, representing him in Jesus' name.